Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Seria Chronicles is a Bayer Chronicles production. Hey everybody, welcome to the Seria Chronicles podcast. I just want to remind everyone before we get started that we do have a 14-day free trial available for anyone who wants to give a go to our Chronicles Defosi Patreon membership. That will give you access to all the episodes, including the main ones between me and Mina recorded on Monday, and also all of our midweek voice notes, which has been a lot of recently with all the Champions League games and Coppa Italia coming up as well. So do give that a try if you haven't already. 14 days completely free. Uh, and with that said, let's get on to the show. Mina, it's been another week in Serie A. We've had Napoli. Not quite winning the title just yet, but I think having that moment that maybe they needed to have after going out of Europe, getting to feel like they had the, the, the Scudetto winning moment. But before we get into the football, it sounds to me like you've had a Scudetto worthy weekend seeing some friends. Oh God. Yeah. It's been, it's been one of those really crazy weeks where like, you know, when you just sort of, I know some weeks go by and I've just been at home for like the whole week, like as in, or like at work, you know, when you've just done nothing with your life and the week just sort of rushes through. And this week I feel like has been so long because it's been, you know, like I had, I did the up all night, which is 1am to 4am show that I do. And I just feel like it makes the day really, really long, you know, then it's been all the Champions League, Europa League madness. Then my friend arrived, my best friend, my absolute best friend in the world. It's her 40th birthday. And she had a huge shindig, right? Invited like everyone we know. And people were flying from all across the country, like in the world to come to this party. So it's been four nights of like insanity. So I took that off. I couldn't do yesterday because I have to work. <laughs> yeah, but, um, I just kind of wish every week was like this. Although I really do think I'll be in hospital. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, listen, I, I've got, I think, the flurry of, um, God, are we just wanting to age ourselves in this podcast? I've got a flurry of similar birthdays coming up this summer. So yeah, it's, it's going to be that sort of year, yeah. which has its ups and downs, isn't it? I'm not sure how I feel about some of the numbers um, that are showing up these days on the, on the birthday candles, <laughs> but, but it is nice to see people and, and to remember all those things that you've gone through together. There's a certain amount of me feeling like watching this Juventus-Napoli game, like we'd gone back in time to an alternate history, perhaps, because 
It was a 93rd minute of a game on, it was literally one day difference five years ago. So five years ago, it was Kadu Kulibali scores in second half injury time to put Napoli. They weren't even top, but it closed them to within a point of the event. And everyone thought Napoli winning the Scudetto. It set off these crazy scenes of celebration. And of course, we all know what happened next. They lost to Fiorentina and it all fell apart, even though they finished on 91 points. So there was this incredible symmetry that, that happened on the 22nd of April, 2018. And now here we were on the 23rd of April, 2023, five years and one day later, same minute of the game, same end of the pitch, same goal. And Giacomo Raspadori scores the goal that gives Napoli another 1-0 win over Juventus, their first win since that win over Juventus, in Turin anyway. And this time the context is different, Mina, because 17 points clear with six games, seven games left to play. There's no way it's going away this time. This really is the moment when Napoli get to win at Juventus and go home and celebrate winning a Scudetto. Il Napoli espugna Torino, lo Scudetto adesso è davvero a un passo. Do you know how we were talking about, we remind ourselves what happens in our lives from a World Cup? But it's not mm. just the World Cup, right? Because if I remember 2018 and it was like, it, it was my first year at ESPN and we were there covering the games a lot of the time, Nikki. I remember your excitement mm. at Koulibaly getting that goal. And that's all you could talk about on the show afterwards was mm. Koulibaly and Napoli and Koulibaly and Napoli. And I just remember you were just this, you were so happy about, you know, the excitement and the surrounding and obviously it didn't work out then. But you're right, it is five years on and we find this game in which it's one of those really mad games, right? Because it kind of like, it was really exciting, then there were lulls, then it was really excited, then there were lulls. Then, you know, like Juventus get two goals, ruled offside, they've lost all their bearings in, in, in sort of defensive work and bam, like they get that, Napoli get that goal that solidifies their position. It's three losses in a row now for, for Juventus, but it's all about the Scudetto and how long they've waited for it. And I just loved Giovanni Di Lorenzo's interview afterwards in which he said, I, I feel like it's a little bit surreal. Like, I can't imagine that it's going to be me that lifts this trophy after Maradona. And I, and I think about it and you think like, gosh, for all the way that I, I mean, especially in the last 10 years, Napoli has been a force of nature. And to imagine this is their first Scudetto, it's a little bit bizarre as well, you know? Yeah, no, completely. And again, I think I said this on the podcast a while ago, Mina, like with Napoli being so far ahead for so long in this title race. And this was before they'd gone out of the Champions League. But I was, I think I said like, they almost need to have like somewhere along the line. I think I said at the time, I, I should expect it'll happen. There's going to be a moment, a moment that feels like the thing that you hook onto that gets to be the moment. Because otherwise it's just a bit sort of like this sort of tepid stroll. And I, I think the context of, of having lost the Champions League game amplified this game even more. And then this absolutely is going to be the moment that everyone thinks of as they won the Scudetto. That moment, like you said, with Koulibaly, like you just remember yeah. that feeling afterwards. I think, I think it's, you know, next week they might win the Scudetto. If they beat Salernitana and Lazio lose or don't win even to get away to Inter, then that's it. It's over. Or it could be the week after. But I think this is going to be the one that is forever in everyone's minds. Yeah. Okay. This is the bit when it was really real. They won. It's the first time I think, well, it's only the fourth time ever they've won home and away against Juventus. First time ever since 87. There you go. Yeah. And I think for that reason, Raspadori, funnily, who 
he's, he's had a, a reasonable impact, but he's only started nine games this season. It's going to have this, this sort of indelible part of the story. It's always going to be Raspadori's goal against Juventus that gets remembered. And exactly the same. It's always going to be Di Lorenzo who gets to go and lift that, that trophy up as the first captain since Maradona, which is just so extraordinary. And I think it was always obvious that whoever, however Napoli ever won a Serie A title again, it was going to have to be a special team. They already had a special team five years ago that didn't win it. But it's, it's really sort of, I think, felt more true than ever, perhaps in, in the wake of, of the last few days, that yes, Victor Osman has been spectacular. Yes, Graz Gellia has been a revelation this season, but Napoli are winning this title because they have the best team. They have the best squad. They have the best group. It's not just about individuals. It's about the fact that more than any other team in Serie A this season, they had it all together. Hey gang, just wanting to let you know that you can now get a free 14-day trial of our Chronicles Tifosi Patreon membership. Subscribe now for free for 14 days to get access to all of our full episodes, solo minisodes, bonus content, even behind-the-scenes bonuses like our chats about football, and of course, our chats about life in general. You can also get the entire bank catalogue of Serie A Chronicles content. So head over to cityachronicles.com forward slash Patreon and subscribe to the Chronicles Fuzzy membership for free. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I think it's really just, it's really hard to disagree with anything you've said. I mean, I think more than anything, if you see what's happened this season and the style of play that they've put out week in and week out, the emergence of like, I, I guess the evolution rather of Osman, the brilliance of Lobotka. I mean, there's, you know, bringing in the likes of Almas and Zelinsky to further control the game and further um, produce the creativity needed. The, the, it's, it's just everywhere you look on that, on that field, Napoli are brilliant. But, we have to have a conversation about this game because as much as that they were brilliant, yes, really, yeah. I, do, I do sort of want to ask you that there is this moment now with Napoli where I feel like they've started to falter. The engine has started to spit up. Mm-hmm. And this is not to take away anything from them. They, are, they have the most amazing season. They more than deserve a Scudetto. For me, they deserved a treble, honestly, for the way that they played the season. But I do sort of want to talk about the fact that had they not built this fascinating, like... A shield sort of, you know, like so collected so many points that made it and, and with all the others faltering to, to now, 
they've sort of allowed for the fact that they have started to come apart a little bit now. Like their, their movement isn't as fluid and as quick. They don't seem to be creating the many chances that they used to. I wonder whether the likes of Milan and, and Lazio especially have showed us the way that you can sort of stop that engine from working so beautifully in midfield that allows so many chances going forward. Maybe this, will, this did also coincide with the absence of Osterman. I'm just wondering right now if they were just a regular team, like, like a, let's say a normal team in an early season, and they had not built that, whether the pressure would have gotten to them, you know, because it just seems like the way that they've been playing so far, um, even in the match against Lecce, which they did win, but looked a little bit difficult against Elas Verona, obviously against what's going with Milan. Is there something there that, you know, Napoli still a little bit Napoli is just this time around they did so well in, in, in the beginning? To, to maybe make up for the fact that this could happen towards the end? Yeah, I mean, I was, I was just looking at the fixture list again, Mina, and I mean, I, I, I think like, and this is not unique to them, this is, this is what it takes to compete in the last stages of, of European competitions. But I still think it's sort of, when I look at it, just on a piece of paper, it's, it's extraordinary. They've played, I think it's one, two, three, four, five, six, I think it's 10 games since the start of March, right? We're not at the end of April yet, 10 games on March during which time there was also an international break. So during the middle of that, there was an international break. There was still time for 10 games. Those 10 games have included a game against Lazio, a game against Atalanta, three games against Milan, one against Juventus, and two against Eintracht Frankfurt in the Champions League as well. This has been a, a serious stretch of, of matches and it, it has absolutely like taken its toll on them. You can clearly see that. And, and the Milan games were the, the sort of, the, the, I guess, the, the most painful end of that because they weren't able to overcome it. They only scored once in those three games. And I do feel like that that up front is where they're sort of feeling it the most. They have been struggling for goals recently. They, you know, they scored in the, in the 93rd minute or whatever it was against Milan, the similar against uh, Juventus. Before that, they hadn't scored against Verona. They didn't score against Milan. They had a game um, against Lecce, but before that, again, there was another game against Milan when they didn't score. Goals have been hard to come by. And you're right, you know, it's, it's the buffer that's got them there. But they earned that. And, and, I, and I do think this weekend that they deserve to beat Juventus. It wasn't a rout. It wasn't a, a clobbering. I thought Max Allegri had quite a smart game plan. He kept it very tight, played on their tiredness, let them wear themselves out, and then sort of released off the bench Di Maria, Chiesa, and eventually Vlaovic. And that's quite a nice punchy trio to bring off the bench. And mm. two of them put the ball in the net. But for me, and I don't know if you have a different perspective on these, the two goals that were disallowed were rightly disallowed. And mm -hmm. Juventus were quite lucky that Gatti doesn't get sent off in the first half. I think the Gatti thing makes it very interesting, right? Because he probably should have been sent off, right? And then it would have been a very different mm -hmm. game in that sense. But I don't think that... No, I do. I agree that Napoli should have won it, but I don't think that Juventus... It would have been that bad if it was a draw in that sense. I think if you look yeah, at the first half, nice. um, in the sense that... I, I was a little bit confused by the choices of Allegri. I understand that this is a very tough moment in the season and you are trying to contest, you know, Europa League and at the same time you've got like the semi-final of the Coppa Italia against Inter, right? But I do... I was a little bit surprised that you addressed so many of your big hitters against Napoli of all teams, mm -hmm. you know? Having said that, you know, top four, he feels like now that they've got the 15 points back, you know, it, it's like, okay, we can afford to, to maybe play a kid's but actually, the kids did a better job. Sule and Moretti playing behind um, Milik, I thought were just fantastic, especially from a defensive point of view. Lots of cues taken there from, from Ben Asser in, in that role, from you know Stefano Pioli and what he did. And actually, Napoli didn't have a single shot on target in the first half. And so I'm not, like, it's a lot of sterile possession. But for me, they didn't really create, like, I mean, they yes, you could have said they had a great counterattack, you know, but 
at the end of the day, Juventus came with full energy, which always happens to them where they end up lo- losing lucidity and then they just sort of start to, to stutter is because they run out of ideas of what to do other than just high energy, right? And that's been the problem most of the time. But the, pro- but the point is, is that they did have high energy and I thought they neutralized Napoli quite well um, overall, especially in the first half. I thought the, you know, Suley and Moretti did a very good job. I thought Locatelli was just fascinating to watch in midfield. Mm-hmm. And Napoli is, that's where you start to wonder whether their game was quick enough to overcome the type of things that they used to be able to come at the start of the season. Second half, interestingly speaking, is that when I feel like when Juventus started to bring on the starters that they lost that ability to really neutralize Napoli's point. And actually, Napoli started to grow more and more and became a lot more dangerous in the second half. They had six shots on target in the second half, considering they had none in the first. Even though that Juventus went on and tried to score those two goals that were and, and scored them, but they were rightly, I agree with you, ruled offside, the sucker punch arrived. And perhaps on, on what happened in the second half, you could say Napoli deserved it. But I thought this was a match that... I thought was very interesting because now it seems like everyone's figured out what to do against Napoli, whether or not they're successful in it depends on how effective you are going forward. But their game plan, this is Juve's game plan. They try to usually be efficient um, when scoring goals. But when you don't have, you know, the, the likes of Di Maria scoring, then that becomes a problem for them. But I do also feel like it's a little bit anyway, we'll get onto that. But I, I do sometimes think that the way that people look at this, it's a little bit oh, you know, all Juventus have is is players and not actually a scheme. But I do feel like, especially how Gazetta covers these things and covers, you know, Inter, I think sometimes it's a little bit too harsh on teams that don't necessarily or play more reactive football than possession-based football. But I don't understand how Milan were applauded for 26% possession and yet Juventus getting 35 and also not allowing a single shot on target in the first half get thrown into the bin, even though they were playing with Sule and Moretti and, and kids, effectively kids, without Bremer at the back, with Rugani who hasn't played in like forever. I do wonder at this because I, do, I know it's quite hard for me to talk about this because I'm a Juventus fan and I feel like people will say, oh, you're just saying this because you're Juventus. But I feel like there's always this sort of thing against like, you know, people dislike Inzaghi and people dislike Allegri. And I do feel like sometimes the way that they're covered by the media seems to be a little bit too far that way. It's a little bit like, oh, you know, there's just no game plan for Allegri. It's just all a disaster. And for Inzaghi, it's a case of how could you not play Aslani? How could you not play Di Ambrosio when Di Catellare is playing, you know, all the time and he's rubbish too. And I'm like, well, it's, it's things like that's not fair to say, you know, and, and I just... And I just feel like on this occasion, it's, it's it's also good to highlight some of the things that they came across and what they did do well. And the fact that we did ask them to choose to attack and actually when Juventus attacked is when they conceded. So maybe Allegri is better off being super defensive and then he could have gotten a point out of this, right? You know, so it's like you you hate him when, he's, when he tries to attack. You hate him when he tries to defend. You hate him when he doesn't play kids. Then you yell at him when he has played the kids. So I don't know what people are supposed to do on this occasion. So... I'm sorry I've made this a little bit about that, but I also want to say that when Napoli won this, they did so against a good Juventus, not perhaps the one that they did, I think, the 5-1, where it was a drubbing of a very poor Juventus. I think on this occasion, they got a 1-0 against a team that was actually trying to take them on. And that's what I think is even more impressive from Napoli, is that maturity, is that we'll take those two goals, we're a little bit shook up, we're in your stadium, and yet we'll still get that goal where Raspadori is shaking and still win it. And I think that's even more of a point to make because it was 
achieved in good circumstances. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I just want to quickly sort of preempt the pedants. I mean, I, I know you know this um, anyway, but just um, for anyone listening, because you said about the two girls being just half offside, they weren't just, they weren't offside. I'm sure, as I'm sure, I know you know. Sorry, did I say, no, I'm sorry. Uh, yes. Completely um, wrong. The foul for, it was, a, the first one was yeah. a foul um, for, um, it was Di Maria. And the second was because the border ran out four years across Vavlavich. So yeah. Yeah. Just, just in case anyone's listening and, and wants to pick up on that. Mina, to address your actual point, I definitely like have in mind, and I've talked about this before on the, on the podcast, like there's, there's a cartoon I really like where it's like these two sports commentators sat in a booth where like one of them says, hey, our random number generator just gave us a whole new batch of numbers. And the other one goes, let's make a story out of it. And like that's sometimes how I can feel with like results-based analysis, let's call it. You know, Milan score a goal, so it's different to what happens event is That happens all the time in, in football reporting, just, you know, results drive how we report things. And, and that's inevitable to some extent, right? Like football, we like it to be this great big narrative and it's not a lot of it's, you know, things that happen. I do think there is a difference for me at least between this performance and Milan's performance in, in that, and it comes perhaps as much to, to the personnel, but Milan, when they play like that, Milan play like that knowing you've got Rafael Leal. Milan play like that knowing that you can get the ball to him and Brian Diaz and you're, you've got bullets, right? You've got, you know, two bullets in your gun that can just go and can change the game. This starting Milan, uh, Juventus team, who who are your bullets? I mean, Kostic maybe. Kostic has had quite a good season, but I, I don't see it. Quadrado and and Milik, Milik's had a good season, but he's not he's not that guy, is he? Um, and Quadrado, sure, but he was starting it right back in this game behind Sule. So I think it's one thing to defend with that sort of knowledge that you've got the threat, and another to not. And to defend, I agree. You could say, well, look, personnel has been difficult this season. He was supposed to have Pogba playing the box to box. If you had that player playing box to box, the whole team looks different. But I, I do think there's a different context, at least, is what I wanted to say on it. Actually, that's a really great point that you've raised there. I think that makes, like, I, because I've been trying to understand this, if it's just like, and I think that is a good point. I think if you have Keza, it makes a lot more sense to play that kind of game when yeah. Keza is, like, healthy enough to do that. And I can agree with you in, in that sense. And I think that's an interesting point to raise because, yes, why are you playing that way if you can't do that? But then isn't the whole point of trying to keep it nil-nil and just defend as much as possible and then bring on your bullets? Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, I actually didn't hate Allegri's approach to this game because I think he kind, it, it nearly worked. That's kind of the, you know, for me, that's the proof in the pudding. Like, I, I think that it nearly worked. They nearly did keep them quiet long enough and then they sent on those players and they nearly scored. It didn't happen. And I do think there's some extent to which, yeah, like the, the sort of final outcome is just football. I think Napoli in the second half had, had done enough to feel like they, they merited a goal. They, they created mm. some chances, but I don't think it would have been scandalous for, for Juventus to score in that second half either. And Napoli, and they have got some vulnerability defensively. It's one of the things that Milan managed to sort of point out, um, I think. And look, next season is going to be its own fascinating journey into whether this Napoli team is a one-hit wonder or whether it's going to be a team that can sustain. There's so much we don't know between now and then. I mean, 
we all imagine there's going to be a huge offer coming for Victor Osman in the summer. Do you think he will definitely go or do you think he might stay? Become a member at patreon.com forward slash Chronicles for regular bonus episodes and content. Sports Social Podcast Network.